Hello. I am the Lithrone G29 printer from the Komori Corporation. Can you imagine my excitement when I was ordered by a customer in Dublin, the city of technology business? I had always dreamed of working in a silicon docks company, impressing staff with my 16,500 scans per hour and high-speed stability. I was ordered by Oroctus. I am 808,000 euro, so I thought, wow, it must be like software giant Oracle. Then I arrived at a sad, run-down building outside of which lots of people were shouting about houses and beef and broadband. To my amazement, they told me I could not fit my G29 structure inside the building. It would cost 236,000 euro to knock down doors and ceilings and then build them back up. How could this be? My assistants had emailed and told them the specific dimensions for months. I would have to go into storage, they said. No problem. I was sure an advanced city with an economic boom has lots of housing. For ten months I lived in a shed off the M50. It was 2,000 euro per month. I could have lived next to the Sydney Opera House for that money. Eventually it would cost 1.8 million euro to get me inside the building. The only way I could provide value now is if I printed money. But if I did, they would just throw it in the hole where a hospital for children is very, very, very slowly being built. Slower than the pyramids. And so here I am. One year on and I haven't printed a single page. I hear the civil servants outside the door, glancing furtively at me through the keyhole with disdain, whispering about me. They say my advanced functions are witchcraft and it would be a sin, a danger to operate me. Sometimes a TD called Angus comes in to stare hungrily at my toner cartridges. I am scared. Still, since I discovered that when I am eventually in use, I will only be printing the large and perspiring faces of senators, TDs and ministers on calendars and Christmas cards, I am sort of glad to sit here alone and unused. Hell yeah. I'm the Windows 95 Civil Servant version minus 2.0. They asked me to get a new printer, so in between biscuit leave and time off for yawning, I ordered a big yoke that was fierce confusing. What I thought was the serial number turned out to be the price of it. Gas. We had to get a new printer because it was party season and too many of our lads had straddled it to get a photocopy of their arses. Though usually they only just got a print out of their elbows because we can't tell the difference in here. The fellas in Komori think they're so smart, emailing me about dimensions. This is not feckin' Star Trek, says I, and I ignored all the emails because I don't get paid to read emails during church holidays, pattern days, time off in loo, time off on the loo, and annual leave for bunions. This is too big to fit in, they says to me. As the actress said to the bishop, says I. <laughs> but would you believe the Komori lads was right? Twouldn't fit. So I stuck it in a shed, rang a few builders and wrote out a few checks. As the months went on, my arm was wore off me writing checks. So many checks, Sipto said it was a health and safety issue and maybe I should get more money for writing checks. Then a journalist from the Irish Times started asking questions. A real smart bucko. And now the country is laughing at us. The clerk found out and we faced the worst punishment of all. Not the P-45, no. <laughs> but we have to be at our desks pretending to work every day for at least a fortnight. I haven't even seen the Racing Post in three days. 
I don't think I can go on. There's going to be a big report and everything. But the gas thing is, we can't print out the report because we're not using the printer until they pay us more money to use it. Tis a health and safety issue, says Sipto. The instructions say you can't have loose articles on yet when operating the machine. Sure, most of us can't tie our shoelaces in here, so we daren't go near that room with the fancy Dan printer, or else it might eat us alive and print us out in high-definition colour. The country can laugh away. Well, the last laugh is on them, because they're paying for it. And they're paying for us. Gas. Welcome back and hello again. Now at traffic gridlock, Dubliners have suddenly remembered that farmers exist. Our farm correspondent George Lee is in Kildare Street. Never a happy place for him. George? John, I'm looking up towards St. Stephen's Green right now and all I can see are flat caps and tractors. But while this might be a dream scenario for me, reporting on agriculture without leaving the capital, the farmers are, as usual, far from happy. None of us want to be here. No. No. We'd much prefer to be at home applying for grants. I've given out yards about Dublin from, from the but you feel Minister Creed has driven you here? No, it was actually my 13-year-old son. He drove my 200 grand massive Ferguson, which is the width of two of your Dublin SUVs. There'll be no food or drink in Dublin this Christmas until this is resolved. He can try to live off tofu and rice cakes, you vegans. <coughs> vegans? The farmers demanded a meeting with Minister Michael Creed, and yesterday morning he emerged from Leinster House. Hey, lads, would you shag off home and don't be making a holy show of us above here in Dublin? Oh, it's after taking me more than a year just to persuade the Taoiseach to make brief eye contact with me oh. and not to wipe his hand on his trousers after he shakes mine. Oh. We're making progress, but if you go around threatening people and gasping at the Lewis, gasping at we it, know. we'll get nowhere. We're only gasped at the first Lewis. Yes. Listen, Bucko, we can easily send a WhatsApp message with two bars on the phone, and there'll be another 10,000 of us here. And we have plenty of potatoes and minerals in the tractor so we can stay as long as it takes or until Cleary is reopened. Because huh? Byers doesn't have the schlacks I like. I'm not going there. <laughs> While many people, Sean, have expressed support for the farmers in their dispute over beef prices, no one wants even the slightest disturbance in their own lives, which is why the country is constantly in an absolute haze. I, I don't think there's anyone in the country who doesn't feel sympathy with the farmers. Yet. All that muck and Declan Nerney. Right. But the harsh reality is I'm meeting my wife in Shanahan's for a 58 euro steak and I might not be able to make it. This is a crisis. But do you know what cut of that steak the farmer will actually get? Well, none, I hope. What? I I won't even share it with my wife. So there you have it, Sean. The farmer's revolting, the minister digging in his heels, and like a burger bought at a chip van at four in the morning, this protest making a lot of noise, but apparently going nowhere. George Lee, wishing it was still Climate Week, RTE News. Would you stick another bale of banknotes on the fire there? Tis freezing. Well, now I will not. My side of the house is lovely warm. Huh? You could always stick a few of them pile of books on the fire over on your side. I won't, any because of the words of wisdom and the stories I told them are worth their weight in gold. And there'll be a rush in them for the Christmas. But I hadn't nearly every radio and television show in the kingdom talking about them. I didn't hear you much, Michael, on the subject of your two boys and the shamazzle inside and can It wasn't so much a shamazzle as a misunderstanding. 
understanding and constitutes boundaries. And the ownership of chip fans within. Sure, people outside of this family are fierce, resentful of our situation, and all we're trying to do on behalf of the people of Kerry. By winning Tinder's flogging books and appropriating chip fans. This is my town and this is my chip fan. <laughs> people from outside Kerry don't appreciate that at all. And that's how unfortunate situations arise from closing time to closing time. How are you, lads? And the boys. I would you look at who it is, the buddy and Clyde of the Southwest Coast. They tell me and Louise of Kilgarvan. <laughs> and will you stop, Daddy? I hear the judge was particularly impressed you were smiling when you squeezed that young foolish neck. Always smile when you're getting the job done. That's how people remember you and they'll give you a number one. Yep. Would you sit for dinner, Bookley? Tis nearly ten in the morning. No, Daddy. We just wanted to drop in these signs for dinner and then head up to Dingle. You what? Yeah, there's Yanks taking photos of fungi, so I have to tell him to feck off. This is my town and this is my dolphin. Oh. <laughs> very good, very good. Shlan. What are those signs at all that are after dropping in for you? It says Denny Healy Ray, licensed to sell beers, wines and spirits, provided people drive home slowly afterwards. Though not slow enough to draw attention to themselves. Now you have it. Did you print it above in Dublin? I did. And the newfangled printer. You're not supposed to be in there only. I told them I had to make sure they weren't after installing it in a fairy fort. Oh. Speaking of which, did you collect that crock of gold from the end of the rainbow like I asked you? Indeed I did. Though it's quite enough name for a pub if you ask me. Yeah. Still, I rented them out of van like you asked. And the hedge trimmers, Michael. And the hedge trimmers for taking on the road. The, the road of dundons. The ropey road. The road of gojos. The road of gojos. The road of gijis. The road of sardis. The roger of The rinkery dinkeries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> <sighs> oh. What was that, Denny? Nothing, Michael, nothing. Oh, it just warmed up a bit inside here. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Black Friday, and when it comes to making your money go further, this government simply cannot be beaten. Take a look at these amazing deals right across our departments. In health. The National Children's Hospital was 450 million, now 2 billion euro. Communications. Broadband was 500 million, now 3 billion, or maybe more. Subject to terms and conditions, customer quarters apply. Ownership is not included. Transport. The Dublin Metrolink was 400 million, now 5 billion. Now we could fix the housing crisis, but we hate getting a bus to the airport. Rural development. A big road for Mayor. The end of Kenny Memorial Ringer Road was 170 million, now 241 million. Yeah, by ya. Yes, it's not Harvey Norman. It's hardly normal. Here in government, we don't have a majority, but thanks to some muck savage TDs and a Fianna Fáil party that has no spine between them, I'm spending all your money any way I like, as incompetently as possible. But honey, because when this government is gone, they're definitely replaced by us in Fianna Fáil. A very similar government would one without the courage to reverse these catastrophic decisions. And the party that brought you these amazing Black Friday classic deals, like the Port Tunnel was 450 million. We did it for 750 million. The Lewis was 200 million. Then 700. 80 million. The motorway network was 6 billion. We did it for 16 billion. And don't forget we give away half a dozen tribunals for the price of 10. Yes, you can believe your eyes. So come on down to Ireland where every day is a Black Friday. Go, go Ireland, Ireland, go. go. It's a lonely round the fields of a 
Welcome to the Lake Lake Choice Show RTE Cut Special. Our opening number, ladies and gentlemen, we decided this year to go Irish to a song that's sung so frequently nobody would come looking for any royalties for it. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen. No? Golly gosh, you have to forgive our audience due to the cutbacks. We weren't able to give them any lukewarm wine, so they're a little bit cranky. I want Pino Grigio! Yeah, hi! Join us after the first of many breaks tonight when Martin from Westmeath will be playing the Angelus on the spoons and a mute from Offaly will be serenading us with an Irish language version of Smack My Biatchup! Yeah, television! Wow! Now, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. Be careful there. Yeah. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, just some of the set falling off there. Because the theme this year was whatever we could fish out of the bin behind the studios. Ha <laughs> ha! Now, let's meet some of our toy testers. Hello, I'm Amy, and I've been testing Tiara Tina dolls. Yes. But they're still in the packaging. Oh. The producer said we weren't to open the box because we have to bring them back to the shop tomorrow. Ha <laughs> ha! Great! And, and who's little, little fellow here? I'm Philip. I've been brought on because of my passionate interest in Massey Ferguson tractor wheels in the hopes of going viral. Oh, <laughs> wow, yeah! <laughs> and now it's time for my favourite part of the show, the book corner, where I chat to fellow nerds about books. Hello, Jenny. Yes, my book is about climate change and how even when you're seven, like me, you can help out in all sorts of small ways. It's called Let's Give the World a Big Hug Like. Oh, that's lovely, Jenny. And for balance, we have six-year-old Podrick. Podrick. I'm ten and I'm from Oak Terrard. Oh. Climate change is a vast globalist conspiracy to brainwash the masses and subjugate us to a new world order. Ha <laughs> ha, Jiminy Jalicker as well, that's enough of that. Now it's time for a big celebrity guest. We've had Ed Sheeran in the past and who could forget Girls Aloud? But this year our budget is a little bit shrunk, so John Creedon, how are you? <gasps> oh no, sorry. Hold John, the lights are gone there. But <laughs> don't worry, I'm sure that's just for... Atmosphere. Uh, I need more 50 pences. Ha ha, what a great joke. Though if you do have any 20 pence pieces, ladies and gentlemen, please hand them for... Anyway, join us after the break when there's an unsold Louis Labrocchi and a deep sense of existential dread for everybody in the audience. Yeah! Radio 1 News with Brian Jennings. A very good morning to you. Polling is underway in four by-elections and due to a broadcast moratorium, that's all we can say. Our political reporter, Michal Lahan, has been forced to look beyond politics for his Leinster House report and a warning that this report contains the sort of nonsense you're more likely to hear on 2FM. It's a girl. The resounding cry in the delivery room as former Miss World Rosanna Davison finally fulfilled her dream of becoming a mum. Eamon Ryan of the Green Party gave it a cautious welcome. We don't like to judge, but we in the Greens would suggest women gave birth naturally, at home or in a forest. And if they're in Galway, they should eat the placenta afterwards. If you would consider the model of Romulus and Remus, who founded Rome, after being raised by wolves, you can see how viable the reintroduction of wolves as wet nurses could be. While I think this baby is just out of Miss World. In other news, the Disney film Frozen 2 has thawed its way into the hearts of a whole new generation of children who can't get enough of the Anna, Elsa and lovable snowman Olaf, it says here. John Halligan, though, isn't convinced. 
The way they glide across the ice and snow, the people of Waterford would love to be able to partake in winter sports and show off dancing. But thanks to Minister Ross and the allocation of sports grants, we haven't got a single ice rink in the whole country. Feck all! We got feck all! We didn't even get enough money to spray snow on the ends of my moustache to make me look a less alarming to children. Frozen! I'm f***ing raging! Elsewhere, rap star Lizzo appeared on the red carpet at the American Music Awards wearing what is said to be the tiniest handbag in the world. We just about have enough time to fade in and fade out Breed Coppinger's ire. Just another example of the hyper-capitalistic, uber-consumeristic, neo-dystopianistic, petty-faloo bourgeoisie parading in what is in essence emperor's new clothes of the time when the homeless can't even clothe their children, let alone buy them lovely-looking microscopic hands. Now to Brendan Howland. Yes, I'm here. It is high time the contribution of the Labour Party was recognised in your political roundups. Well, now's your chance, because it's baby number five for Ronan Keating. You don't seriously expect me to comment on that? Well, something obviously raised him up. I'm fairly certain that was Westlife, but the bigger issue here, Michal, is... I'm afraid that's all we've time for. But I've been waiting months to... Shush! Excuse me? As five-time father Ronan Keating would say, you say it best when you say nothing at all. Oh, God. Michal Lahan, waiting for the moratorium to finish, flying without wings. Also Westlife! Shush! Leinster House. From the people that brought you the audaciously unrevealing autobiography of Bod, Roger's Tell Nothing Memoir, comes Ordinary Joe, the inside story of a man with nothing on the outside. Irish rugby legend, coach Joe Schmidt. I'm just so ordinary. Learn how Schmidt took Ireland to yet another glorious failure to get past the World Cup last eight, despite there just being seven decent teams in world rugby. I'm just so plain. Discover the training ground secrets that made Ireland the most predictable team in the world. Get inside what was known as rugby's most brilliant strategic mind until everybody else outstrategized it. My book is very ordinary. Meet the man the entire Irish sports press said would orchestrate our greatest ever World Cup campaign until he didn't and they blamed him for their groupthink but decided to give him a good kicking. But don't just take our word for it. Here's praise from dynamic legend Bod. Eh, uh, he was a very good coach. Ronan O'Gara. He's just a really nice guy. And Johnny Sexton. I really like Joe. I really like Ball. Discover the extraordinary truth that behind this outwardly ordinary man is an inwardly ordinary man. Nothing fancy. Meet this humble figure in the intimate surrounds of the 2,000-seat Borgosh Energy Theatre that definitely wasn't booked months ago, assuming we'd actually show up at the World Cup. Tickets from just €51. Euro. Uh, in this rare live appearance in between appearances in Belfast and Limerick and interviews with RT, Off the Ball, The 42, BBC Radio Ulster Today, and anybody FNBR else who can fit him in, Schmidt will reveal how he likes to be anonymous and doesn't like to stand out from the crowd. This is no ordinary Joe. This is the ordinary Joe. Now, gentlemen and lady reporters who I assume are covering this story for the society pages, I'm proud to announce my new graduate in speeding law, which will punish drivers of horseless carriages relative to the speed they are travelling. People are claiming this law is needlessly complicated. Tommy Rot, it's simple. People breaking the speed limit by less than 50 furlongs will face a fine of £1, 3 shillings and sixpence and one and three quarters penalty points. If they're travelling twice their speed in fog or mist during a full moon, they'll face the same fine only thrice and one-fifth the number of points multiplied by the day's date plus one if it's a leap year. 
Now, if they're breaking the speed limit in excess of 150 furlongs, huh? we'll remove all the existing penalty points, but they will be charged with attempted manslaughter, <gasps> as is right and proper. Some people think it's difficult to maintain the speed limit on certain roads. Yeah. Piffle, I just use cruise control to maintain the correct speed. Oh. Cruise is the name of my driver. I give him a lash of the whip and tell him to control himself. <laughs> there are rumours some of your cabinet colleagues were against this proposal, Minister. Yeah. Untruths, my poorly dressed friend. What? I just come from a cabinet meeting that was definitely not heated, <laughs> where I certainly wasn't mocked and ridiculed, oh. and where a very positive, not heated, cool-headed exchange of views took place, <laughs> and no one's life, least of all mine, was threatened. <laughs> what about Minister Ring's suggestion that you should take into account where the speed limit was breached? For example, a residential breach should be more serious than one on a motorway. Hmm, yeah. it seems needlessly complicated to me. <laughs> now, if the person caught was a Sagittarian and Mercury was in retrograde, then we might consider leniency. Some people say you only got cabinet approval because there's no chance of your laws going through in the current government's lifetime. Yeah. Hogwash! It definitely isn't true, unless you were in the cabinet meeting. <laughs> Minister, there's a backlog of 90,000 court cases and 27 million outstanding in fines. Yeah. Shouldn't the government make it a priority to enforce current laws instead of just coming up with more? Yep. Twaddle! It's much more convenient for the government to make up new laws and to actually enforce the current ones, oh. as that would require competence and effort. <laughs> now, I really must dash. It's partridge shooting season. <laughs> Tell <Tally-ho. laughs> Sunday with Miriam. Hello and welcome to the programme. I'm joined now by the Sinn Féin leader, Mary Lou MacDonald. Hi. Mary Lou, is it hard being leader? Well, first of all, Miriam, that's a ridiculous question. I a think nice it's... outside girl surrounded by all those shouty nordies. And then you lead Sinn Féin to a collapse in its vote. Well, no, that's nonsense, actually. Voters it's... deserted you for Fianna Fáil. That no, no, they... must have been so hard, so painful. Were you sad? They did not desert. It was a temporary... You must have been so, so disheartened by the poll that found only six in ten Dubliners want a vote on a united Ireland. Well, the only poll that matters for my party well, is... Is the... that true, then? What? Our reporter what? wandered outside the gates of Orchie and interviewed the first person he saw genuinely. Well, I think it's a disgrace as a border. You know, it should be along a natural boundary like Liffey. Uh, the north and the north side have so much in common. You know, cheap shopping, orange police, incomprehensible accents. Put a hard border in the Liffey. All the uh, undesirables in the country would finally be united. There you are, Mary Lou. So sad. Well, that's typical of the south side, Miriam. Real Dubliners feel differently. Our Dubliners. But do they really, though? We paid our reporter double time to cross the Liffey. Well, there you go, Miriam. So I think there's a lot of people who identify as. Hold on, the clip isn't finished, Mary Lee. What? Now, a united Ireland, we wouldn't want to rush it, like, you know. I mean, there's a housing crisis. We'd have to get that fixed first. And uh, how would they feel about downgrading from the NHS to the HSE? You what? Salt of the earth, Dubliners, Mary Lee, afraid of the prospects of unification. Well, I think if people knew the full facts about Northern that Ireland... the Northern Irish economy is basically a giant force scheme funded by London? No, the North is a thriving... A post-reunification? We'd have to raise £20 billion a year to fund it? Well... Which would be like opening a children's hospital and rural broadband scheme every four months? Well, it's true the North would need just a minor cash injection. Of course, cash injections are something Sinn Féin's very comfortable with. What? Cash injections to get from seats of Westminster you don't sit in um, from Irish Americans who don't know what's really going on well now and from unusually generous 
anonymous donors. I Mary Lou. I I just remembered I have to go attend a Gale Skull Shannouts Awards ceremony of Finglas. Well, there we have to leave it from one working mom to another. Bye bye. But only one can be a true president. Sir, you're on. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for the traditional pardoning of the turkeys. It's great to see these wonderful birds, bread and butter. Beautiful. Nice and calm, which is good because Adam Schiff has subpoenaed them to appear sir. before the hoax impeachment. <laughs> Move on, sir. <laughs> That's a joke. I have the best sense of humor. A lot of people say that. Just to be safe, though, I'm going to eat both of these turkeys before they testify. Uh, no, sir. You can't eat them. You've got to pardon them. But they look so delicious. Plus, they're not guilty of anything. Well, Exonerated. I know a guilty turkey when I see one. Well, you should. You've hired enough of them, sir. I'm still going to eat the turkeys. I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. President, it is traditional to pardon the turkeys. But what if I run out of presidential pardons? You can't run out of pardons, sir. You're the president. Okay, well, order me the Donnie special from KFC. Yeah, what is that, sir? A whole turkey wrapped in bacon, rolled in pastry, and deep fried with marshmallows. Uh, Beautiful. Nothing deep fried, sir. Remember, you had a heart attack, a, a, a routine medical checkup last week. Yeah, and the doctor said I was the healthiest president ever. Well, the heaviest president. And just like turkeys, the heaviest. The heavier the present, the better the present. It's a fact. Look it up. Uh, sir, if you'd like to do your uh, speech now. Yeah. Uh, remember, my fellow Americans, <laughs> this Thanksgiving, while you're waiting for your turkey to be stuffed down the chimney and crucified for your sins, um, bow your heads and give thanks for the time you get to spend with your family around you, watching you eat. Oh. Because you never know next year which one of us will be incarcerated for treason. Wow. Thank you. Amen. Let's get you on Marine One. Can I just eat a little bit of the turkey? Just the tiniest bite. Murphs, order us a couple more of these breakfast cereal milk stouts. Yeah, two more rice tipsies, please, barkeep. <sighs> Sup, Murphs, why the long face? Oh, it's this vote of no confidence in me, my man. Oh, that. You'll pass that, no problem. Well, that's what I'm afraid of, dude. Don't say that. You don't really want a snap election, do you? Canvassing the country in this weather? Well, I suppose not, no. And do you want people voting Christmas week? Well, it could work in our favour, Tish. What? Everyone will be half-cut and rammed full of turkey and ham. They might even forget all our super omni-cluster Hameses. True. The civil servant spent nearly two million on a printer. <laughs> Finally a cock-up that wasn't our fault. And I got my hopes up for a momo when I thought it might turn out to be the sort of 3D printer mm-hmm. like a printout houses. Oh. But no, it's just a regular 2 million euro printer. And those farmers are so angry. They belong in Kildare, not Kildare Street. Oh. BTW, I tipped off the press that we're here. What? After we finish these, let's pop next door to Supermix. Is that what it's called? Wait, you are going to eat a burger from Supermax? Oh God, no. But I'll hold one once there's wet wipes around. Yeah, non-artisanal burgers make me so gassy. Oh, don't mention gas. I got called out by some cork lefty at Leaders' Questions for importing fracked gas. No way. So what did you do, my man? Oh, said he didn't believe in democracy because he's left-wing. Classic tiche. This from a man who's led the country for two and a half years without winning an election. Hey. (laughs) I mean, his name was Mick Barry. (laughs) Only lefties are the sort who have two first names instead of our kind of people who have two surnames. Lol. Anyway, don't worry about the no-confidence thing. Oh, come on, tiche. You have to get me out of this ministry. The door may have confidence in me, but I don't. 
Come on, man, I'm begging you, get me out. Well, if you be a good boy and win the confidence vote, and then we'll see about getting a new cabinet position next year. Oh, yes! It's a bloody miracle, my man. Okay, come on, let's do some push-ups so my arms look good when I get papped. Yes! High five, my man. Yeah. Oh! (laughs) Classic Murphs. Yeah, it was so funny. Oh, wait, look. What? Ow! Why? It's a slap election. Oh, yeah, (laughs) good one. (laughs) Lolcano. Lolcano. 